0: This is a story of heroic deeds and the bitter struggle for the triumph of good over evil, and of a wondrous sword wielded by a mighty hero when the legions of darkness stalk the land. <laughs>
1: The nightclub where we are the ones who get medieval on your ass. I'm Travis Maxwell Boone, an interdimensional dark wizard with crystal <laughs> magic crystals that slightly ease facial wounds, <laughs> not wounds caused by a facial. Um, and I'm joined by
2: Angel Boone, the really, really fast archer throughout this <laughs> film.
3: <laughs> the full auto archer. <laughs>
1: And that was the sultry tones of...
3: I'm Jack Palance. (laughs) Yeah, I'm just Jack Palance, the the warrior poet and dreaming dead one. (laughs) The dead and dreaming warrior poet. Yes, that is I.
1: We've inhabited some people.
3: A modern bard of our times and generation.
1: Oh, God. Yes. And we've inhabited some characters, so we're role-playing, kind of. And the coven's been transported to... Castle Moonskull. <sighs> oh. <laughs> Deep in the bowels... In the, in, <laughs> in Deep the, in the bowels of the dungeon. In the dungeon of Castle Moonskull, there is a tavern called... The House of the Setting Sun. There you go. And it's here where we're going to stop in and uh, we're going to talk about sword and sorcery. So this is something that's going to be new to me, but I think it's going to be fun. I've seen some sword and sorcery films. Ricky is also a fan. We're going to drag my wife kicking and screaming through some of the movies, but I think she's going to like a few along the way. We'll see.
2: Of course.
1: What? We don't drag you through the horror. (sighs) Oh. (laughs) <laughs> the, the fastest archer and the quickest one to sigh um, yeah I haven't seen a lot of sword and sorcery movies and for anyone listening that, that loves us talking about horror don't worry these, these episodes are going to be sprinkled in we're not forgetting horror we're just adding like a new ingredient to the witch's brew mm? mm-hmm. um, sword and sorcery is a subgenre of fantasy characterized by sword-wielding heroes engaged in exciting and violent ventures. An element of romance is often present, as is an element of magic and the supernatural. Unlike works of high fantasy, the tales, though dramatic, focus mainly on personal battles rather than world-endangering matters. Sword and sorcery commonly overlaps with heroic fantasy. And we, we, we were talking about how to kind of classify this because the concept came because of the movie we're going to talk about tonight, I, I just happened upon it and watched it and was like, "Okay, this is like bad horror, but it's sword and sorcery. It's got a lot of the same elements as cheesy B movie horrors. But then there's some sword and sorcery films that are epic, like Troy. Yeah, right. right. Lord what? of the Rings. Lord of the Rings. Of course,
3: Lord of the Rings is more high fantasy, but still, that's another point we'll get to.
1: I would say it's it's a mixture of both, and and that's the thing too. The, the, the term sword and sorcery was coined in 1961 by the celebrated American author Litz Fieber, or Fritz Lieber <laughs> oh. in response to a letter from British author Michael Moorcock <laughs> <laughs> demanding a name for the sort of fantasy adventure story written by Robert E. Howard who wrote Conan. So that's another famous example of sword and sorcery. But
3: And, and he's the reason that sword and sorcery is cosmic because he was friends with H.P. Lovecraft.
1: Oh, Robert E. Howard? Yeah. Oh, fucking they actually, awesome. They actually wrote stuff for each other. They were like sending sending each other pen pals, but stories.
3: Right. right. Lovecraft wrote some Conan shit, and Howard wrote some Lovecraft shit.
1: Yeah, so you can tie Cosmic shit into this in a in a, in a way. We, we, we <laughs> leave all doors open here at the nightclub. <laughs> That's right. Even ones that lead to dungeons. Um, since its inception, many attempts have been made to provide a precise definition of sword and sorcery. Although many have debated the finer points, the consensus characterizes it by a strong bias towards fast-paced action-rich tales set within a quasi-mystical or fantastical framework. Unlike high fantasy, the stakes in sword and sorcery tend to be personal, the danger confined to the moment of telling. Settings are typically exotic, and protagonists often morally compromised. So like Game of Thrones would be sword and sorcery, Based on that definition.
3: Right. Sure.
1: I mean, there's a lot of slow stuff in that too. Again, sure. genre blending.
3: Everything's, every, yeah, everything's blended up together now, so.
1: But this is like the fantasy offshoot. That's, that's the point I wanted to get to is we're calling it Sword and Sorcery because that's where it comes from and we will be covering a lot of those movies in the coming months or whatever. Um, but it, again, it's spread, it's going to be spread and sprinkled throughout. So, and we're um, not
3: above covering high fantasy if it's worthy as well
1: one of my main goals in life and i'm not even <laughs> not even fucking around about this man is to get her to watch all 3 lord of the rings films
3: yeah oh i can see it
1: extended editions
3: yeah long that's long
1: the long. only way to watch those movies she has it took 3 attempts to get her to watch the first one theatrical cut
3: i mean they're long you know
1: there's but she's she's just it one day it'll just zip and, and she'll be online with it or whatever.
2: I can probably watch it and like it now after y'all put me through this shit.
0: <laughs> so,
2: I mean, it's, it's going to be Damn. fine. Drogo!
0: Drogo!
1: <laughs> well, up. That's, that's, Vol, that's your man, Voltan, right there.
3: That's my man, Voltan. Okay. Warrior, poet, bard extraordinaire.
1: All right, well, let, you know what? We're not going to talk too much about Sword and Sorcery because I'm still discovering it. Angel doesn't know what the fuck it is. Ricky probably has the most experience with it, but a lot of the movies we're going to cover, he probably hasn't seen either. So let's fucking dive right into it. Let's just get into the shit, man. This is our first ever medieval midnight ritual.
3: Come join us in the house of the setting sun. Grab an empty table. Get yourself a ale. Don't mind the goblins over there. Green skins are allowed. No big deal. (laughs) Hey, listen. Our doors are open to all beings, both physical, metaphysical, interdimensional. It don't matter what color you are, what you believe in.
1: From lich to leper.
3: Lich to leper.
2: Silly string is welcome.
3: Silly string always welcome. (laughs) Dark elves, wood elves, wild elves. Oh, and don't leave your weapons at the door.
1: No you're gonna need that shit You're
3: gonna need them in here Because in here you have to take care of your fucking self <laughs> So what? So make sure you ca- you take your weapons And your magic in with you
1: What is this becoming <laughs> <laughs> uh,
3: That's why know? my guy has a blunderbuss On his shoulder like I told you Uh huh. Yeah.
2: I've never sprayed silly string I'm really upset
1: We used to run around Walmart spraying it all over oh, the place fuck yeah. Oh
2: my god <laughs> oh, yeah. Fuck yeah, Fucking animals
1: It goes away it just, you wipe it away. It's gone. It's not, it doesn't, it doesn't stick and become like this amorphous thing that, you know, stretches out when you try to clean it and gets all stuck, like gum, like hot.
2: I'm like, someone's like sprayed me before, but I've never sprayed, I'm not going to spray my boss.
1: My coworkers. Let's spray your mom. Full of shit. Oh. We're getting way off. We can't do this. When I worked at no, <laughs> <Longworth>, I worked <laughs> in the <laughs> tech <pet laughs> department
3: and my coworkers. This is all getting edited out after I said a my- midnight ritual.
1: Fuck y'all. <laughs> That's the end of it. That's where it cuts off now.
3: My coworkers used to sneak in my department we and lost cut open the bags of cat like wet cat food so that it would start stinking.
2: Oh my god. <laughs> so
3: I used to take the dead fish out of the tank and, and put it. them in a bag and poke a little hole and like hide it in their department. Like I would go like pull the oh shoes way to the back of like one of the uh, Shelves in the shoe department, and I would just stick the bag in there and then put it all back
2: <laughs> for real. Yeah, <laughs> oh my god, man, that is some fucked up. shit. We
1: were animals, all right. this one, son. All, all right, right, let's I'm go moving on without y'all. Y'all can keep talking. I'll edit y'all out somehow. I'll just drown y'all out in the background. You did
2: not the last time,
1: no, last I, time you failed. I'm keeping us on, on track. Hawk the Slayer is a sword and sorcery adventure about two warring brothers who fight to gain control of a magical sword. Hawk, a noble warrior, assembles a small force of fighters to help him rid the land of a powerful and devious enemy, who also happens to be his older brother!
2: Hey!
3: (laughs) Who also happens to be...
2: Zoltan. The
3: best actor in the history of the world.
1: Ever. This movie was initially released on December 21st, 1980. So this is like a Christmas movie. Fuck you, I said it. Directed by Terry Marcel, who also co-wrote it with the music composer Harry Robertson. So you've got Marcel and Robertson to thank for this. Uh, Cinematography by Paul Beeson. This film's developed a cult following, although I doubt many people listening to this have ever seen it. So if you haven't, it's free on YouTube and Tubi. Right now, at the time of this recording, pause it, go watch it, come back.
3: Or- it is February second, two thousand twenty-one at ten forty-nine PM. The nightclub. <laughs> <laughs> Angels going to the night nightclub.
2: <laughs> the midnight bituel. <laughs>
1: Terry Marcel had been working with Harry Robertson when they realized that they were both sword and sorcery fans, so inspired by Akira Kurosawa's, I don't know how to say that jo- Yo Yo Yojimbo. Yo
2: Yojimbo.
1: Yojimbo Jimbo, Yo- Jimbo? Yo- Jimbo. <laughs> Uh, uh Yojimbo, Jim- Yo- I don't know, man. I'm fucking that up, I'm sorry. And Sergio Leone's fistful of dollars. The result was an English version of the story set in the Dark Ages, and thus Hawk the Slayer was born. Marcel has stated that the film was not originally intended to include magic at all and was supposed to be a historical film. Mm. Uh, what
2: the fuck happened there? In the
1: course of writing the script, uh, he introduced the magic, the, the Mind Stone, and it changed the whole nature of the of the film after that. So Hawk is uh, portrayed by John Terry. I don't know who the fuck he is. Jack Palance is your man, yeah. Voltan.
3: The best actor
1: in the world. Um, he's been in a lot of movies.
3: Yeah. Uh, he's the only one that people might recognize.
1: hmm <laughs> He was sixty at the time of, of, of this film being made. Yeah, uh Bernard Breslaw as Gort the Giant, Ray Charlson, not Ray Charles, as Crow <laughs> the Elf, uh Peter O'Farrell as Balden the Dwarf. W M no no as W. Morgan Shepherd, whose build is just Morgan Shepard as Renolph. That's the guy with the gimp hand.
0: Right.
1: Patricia Quinn, as she's she's credited as the sorceress, but they call her a witch in the movie. Right. So I'm calling her a witch. There's a witch in this film and a cosmic wizard. Oh, <clears throat> Cheryl Campbell as Sister Monica. I, I didn't even write down any nun's names, so I don't know. And Annette Crosby, who I thought might have been the wife of Bing Crosby, so I, I looked her up. She wasn't. She plays the abbess, who I just keep calling the captured nun. Right. I didn't even catch in the movie that they were calling her the abbess. The injuries (laughs) sustained during this film. Jack Palance was stabbed by John Terry. (laughs) What? But but finished the scene. Nice. Patricia Quinn burned her hand, stirring the magic cauldron when too much flash powder was used. Nice. So that gave her some, some burnage. Bernard Breslau got hurt twice. First, uh, when he fell down after being drugged by the nun, his armor like dug up under his jaw and it injured his neck. And uh, he also got injured when he was shooting a, a fight scene with a stuntman. He hurled his hammer at, the, at uh, his opponent's torso and fell on it. <laughs> the weapon also <laughs> fell on Breslau's head, and he needed like six stitches. So people were getting fucked up making this movie.
3: That's awesome. I think it is. Hell yeah, bro!
1: A total of 116 people die in this movie. Nice. That's a high body count.
3: That's a good body count, yeah, man. That's noteworthy.
1: I know we don't ever talk about body counts, but I saw it when I was looking up trivia, and I was just like, "God damn! All right, movie. You don't you don't realize how many people are fucking dying on screen." No,
2: you, I didn't. I didn't think it was that at all.
1: I wouldn't. I would have been like 30 people, maybe, because you do see some people get killed. Yeah,
2: that's more about what I would think.
1: There's like hardly any gore in this movie.
3: Yeah. If if any? Yeah, I don't think there's any.
1: Not that I could remember. But there's some cool shit going on in Hawk the Slayer. This is this is the movie I saw that I was like, I really think this is something I should fit into what we're doing and again, it it can expand in all ways, all different ways in fantasy. All right? You ready to hawk? <laughs> <laughs> You gotta
3: put that thing in there. It's, yeah, you're gonna, you're it's gonna. Going in right there. It's
2: every time he's like, "What's your name?" He's like, "Hawk." Hawk.
1: Hawk. Right. Hey, stop that. I don't
2: know <laughs> he's the most monotone one. He's just no like,
1: crow him is. Him and crow man. Him and crow. Both. The elf. He's like, "I am crow." The the, yeah, the what does like he say? The there the, wood, the piece like of the dead. The piece That's of the dead. Like
2: part of his character. Like, yeah, Hawk.
1: Hawk shouldn't like, be that way, right? Because his brother, on the other hand, is so dynamic. Voltan's right, right. Like, it's
3: like the polar opposite of
1: Hawk. <laughs> we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna get into it right when, here.
3: When 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 they were born, <laughs> Jack Palance took all the emotion from his parents, so they just didn't have none left to give a <laughs> fucking Hawk brother. They were like, "We done named him Voltan. Like, sorry, Hawk, yeah. you don't you can't be sad or mad ever.
1: He's just neutral."
3: You're just true neutral all the time.
1: Neutral? Well, he ain't neutral good. He'd be lawful good. He saves people.
3: I'd say he'd be neutral good.
1: Yeah, because he does kill people, too.
3: He'd be the kind of guy who would break a law to help somebody.
1: Mm. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Because he did rob, even though it was for a good reason. Right. Okay, let's get into it. So
3: he'd be neutral good.
1: Ah! There's the heart. Okay. Film opens
3: with the best music ever
1: made <laughs> no, in the whole not yet. world. No, in not the
2: whole yet. universe,
3: it's
1: not what happens yet. In all universes, I gotta start that over. Okay, it's not what happens yet. <laughs> Remember this guy? I've, I've got scores and stuff going on with this. All right.
2: <laughs> what up, motherfucker?
1: Damn, hey, cut! Cool. Damn, hey, cut! Cool. Get all the cuz out. They, they go. The film opens on a dark horse carrying a dark figure through a foggy forest. Within a golden temple with a cosmic jacuzzi in it.
2: <laughs> yeah, that's
1: that. Bad. Son and father come face to face. The evil Voltan demanding a secret of his father, the key to the ancient power. The old man refuses and Voltan stabs him fatally before fleeing when Hawk his younger brother breaks down the door. With his dying words, the old father...
3: <laughs> it's my first note. What? Then let the secret die. Now! He <laughs> <laughs> <Just> instantly.
1: <laughs> it's my first note. <laughs> With his dying words, the old father instructs Hawk to remove a pouch from his neck. Right. And to place the great sword between them. Hawk does so and removes a... St- <laughs> And removes a stone from the pouch. Stare into the heart of the stone. Quick, the coldness of death is in my limbs. I like that line. <laughs> it's just like I lost it at that I time. I love that line. <laughs> Seeing into the heart of the stone, <laughs> it begins to glow a vibrant, brilliant, cheesy 80s green. And it floats across the room with the pommel of the sword shaped like a hand, opening and closing. Clutching what the old man calls the last of the Elfin Mindstones. So, Elfin, not elven. This is some different kind of shit. It looks like a radioactive piece of shit, though, right?
3: Yeah. Yeah. I what I th- It's like the same thing that Homer Simpson drops in his, like, pants or whatever. At the beginning, at of, the every beginning of every episode. the beginning of yeah.
1: <laughs> After his father dies by his older brother's hand, Hawk telekinetically summons the sword to him. And Bowel's Revenge. So this is it. This is your title card. Haunt the slayer. Boom, 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 and now you get the best music. The
3: best music ever made in the whole world. If you don't agree, it's because you have a low IQ. Oh, God and you damn should it. get learned. You need to get learnt. How do you feel about that?
2: Oh, it's too much. <laughs> oh, what, what, fucking what, is, damn it. what
3: what what kind of music is it?
2: It's it's fucking. Nuts.
3: <laughs> it's it's I'm medieval. Gonna fucking
2: kill myself. Yeah.
3: It's God. medieval
1: disco funk. I have my own interpretation.
2: They're literally like galloping through the woods, and you hear these fucking high ass energy flutes the fucking air I'm like oh, with okay with a funky
3: bass line a oh. disco beat dude it's the best
1: it's got that but I was I, I, I told Angel I said we were watching it and we were dying and I was like it's medieval flute jazz <laughs> and sure I, I was like Ron Burgundy composed this score oh <laughs> <laughs> It's Yaz flute the whole time, dude. I was like, holy shit. Ron
3: Burgundy and George Clinton got together and made this (laughs) fucking music.
1: (laughs) Oh man, Old Greg let him out the fucking box. Yeah, bruh.
3: They got the funk. They got the funk, boy.
1: So, after the garish brown and green shit-colored credits... We, I love the credits. We see a warrior running from the battlefield. He comes across a convent, where the women inside perform surgery on him to save most of his hand.
3: With the help of God and a sharp knife, we
1: may save his arm from infection. What's what's What else is going on in that scene, Angel?
2: Oh, I don't know, dude. When he's
1: laying on the table? Uh-huh. You, don't, you don't remember the gratuitous head rubbing? Oh. All these nuns have uh, This guy His name's Renolf We're gonna find out in a second Right Um, He's laying on this table All fucked up And they're talking about performing surgery and shit The whole time And it's like a two minute scene
2: Fucking caressing his head
1: sensually and with care
2: right. right there in the frame and i told travis it's kind of makes me uncomfortable like i shouldn't be seeing this
1: it's like i wanted her to with like lean down and whisper i'm gonna take care of you little nuggies you don't worry about dad mama's got you oh, oh
2: it was, it was <laughs> you're gonna it was suckle and it was weird
1: <laughs> you're gonna suckle at the teeth <laughs> of the nun <laughs> hey bro this is the itches witches of east dick have been here yeah
3: bro that's what i was about to say it's about to I think I may have seen this movie before somewhere
1: else. <laughs> eh, no? Maybe not. <laughs> First, post-surgery the warrior Renulf is seen by one of the sisters of the Holy Word. That's that's what their little convent is in Caddenbury. You got to have that old English shit in there and says she could not save his hand but his arm will heal. She asks what happened and Renulf recounts an evil man and his army laying waste to his town. Burning and hacking and killing every man, woman, and child. How this they
3: loved. That's he says
1: that.
3: Who Renolf. Oh, how, he says, how they loved. Ooh. And that's that's it. No, that's all he says. <laughs> After he de- describes how they laughed while they did it. Yeah. He says how they loved.
1: And oh, they stopped. love. They love to kill. Right. He says that he knows this man, this evil man, is Voltan, the Dark One. And as lightning crashes and wind howls, Voltan is standing outside of a cave, calling for a wizard to help him, as he promised in return for For my sword arm! arm.
0: You promised me all in return for my sword arm!
1: (laughs) It's the best, it's the best delivery in the whole movie. I love it so fucking much.
3: Nah,
1: no. oh, Jack Palance, man. Oh my no, god. No, the best.
2: The best. Not it was well, not even delivery. It's the. It's the zoom in of the eye contact. Oh, it's,
1: we're, we're, it's coming. It's, I got it in there for you. A cosmic <laughs> hooded and cloaked being allows Voltan to enter his realm. A layer of large crystals and a giant glowing red orb. Fuck what the fuck, Voltan says. His pain gets worse and worse every day. The wizard tells him that his face wound will never heal, but he casts a spell using a magic crystal that eases the pain. Wow, thanks, Cosmic Space Wizard. The wizard says Voltan <laughs> must prepare for the must prepare the way for Hawk's demise, as he is the only one who can stand in their way, in their way of... Who we, knows? Who
3: knows? It's too we, cosmic. It's a mystery. Yeah. We have a mystery unfolding, folks. Yeah. That'll come up later.
1: We don't know who this... Wizard is. We don't know what what means they're gonna <laughs> they're gonna use to kill Hawk. I mean, yeah. this is kind of a convoluted story because it, it really is. Yeah. you know because of what's gonna happen here. Voltan, his son Drogo, and some of his men enter the convent, interrupting the nuns' mass, and takes one of the nuns hostage. This is the abbot or the what's the her abbess. name
3: And it's one, also one of my favorite shots of the movie.
1: Him the and his way, people walking in. Right. The way yeah. they
3: frame from the point of view of the altar looking at the uh, the nuns. and the nuns and they frame it and just off to the side is the doorway where my boy and his posse show up
1: mm. we need to say too Voltan is all like clad in black and he has a like a helmet where it looks like Darth Vader's helmet but you can see it's almost like he has emo bang helmet because it only covers like his left eye it's
3: right.
2: fucking terrible I love
1: it
3: I think it's a cool helmet.
1: Yeah, I really do. Because it's he's not
2: pro- practical. He's
1: protecting his eye. We've talked about this. I thought the same thing when I first saw it. When he was walking into his dad's temple or castle or whatever, and I'm like, "Man, what the fuck, dude? Your eye is right. how can you see? How can you see this like gold wallpaper temple that you're walking into <laughs> with a with a pink cosmic jacuzzi and fog <laughs> right, everywhere?" Right, right. Valtan says he will return this nun for a tidy sum of two thousand gold.
3: 2,000 gold pieces. Yeah. yeah. Schmeckles.
1: <laughs> 2,000 gold schmeckles. And they have until the next full moon. It's also a werewolf movie. We, oh! Uh, he then cuts a loaf of bread in half as a way of saying, or else. I,
2: oh, yeah,
1: that was the. Have, that's another one of my notes.
2: Here's me slicing some bread like I work at Panera. <laughs> <laughs>
3: no, I literally put that in my notes. I love that he cuts the bread before he leaves. <laughs> it's
2: like here, dinner served.
1: I'll picture, picture Baltan. With his helmet on, but but he's got the Panera bread uniform, and he's the manager.
0: Yeah, have a piece, have a slice of bread.
1: You would you like a bread bowl? But like when
2: he slices it, and he's like. His
1: face Yeah Oh fuck They're fucking
2: serious He, he makes no. the
1: best faces Yeah He really does He's knows. serious
2: about the bread slice He's like this is
3: gonna be And they're just cute. like Do we tell him thanks Or are we scared <laughs> Like I, I don't know Like what, what do we do
1: Well they are fucking scared They dispatch Renolf uh, to Right know, They're to like know. let's Let's send this guy That's all fucked up And dying <laughs> Oh dude On his way out like like when he, when he takes the nun hostage actually Like in the same moment Simultaneously He throws a knife He throws a fucking, fucking dagger And dagger. It gets him in the chest <laughs> yeah. Ren- Renolf just instantly He's like Hey stop it Whoa. Oh
0: god damn And he's, just, he's out
1: He's out for a count
3: yeah, he done got stabbed in the chest and his hand removed like in like the last couple of days and They're like, Yeah, <laughs> they're like, yeah go go get on your horse and go far away and look for people and stuff.
1: <laughs> <laughs> they send him to talk to the high abbot, which I guess is the male version of the abbess. Yeah. Sure. Sure. And he's at the um
3: He also has a great face. The
1: Fortress of Daneford. Yeah, yeah. This is another one of those cool shots coming up here. Yeah. Um you get this awesome map painting of, of the fortress. And it's all foggy and cool the, looking. I love
3: the paintings in mm. this movie.
1: And and when <laughs> renolf sits down with the High Abbot, the way that they shoot some of their conversation, you see the Abbot from behind the flames and renolf in the foreground. Same, It's like a mirror image of earlier whenever you saw Hawk and the sword in the middle between him and his dad. So the foreground switches between the sword and him and then the sword and his dad while his dad dies. And that orb is glowing where his heart would be. I just, I thought all of that, like, to me, that's that's well thought out, and I, and you see a lot of that in this movie, even though there's some cheesy-ass parts, and the special effects are kind of, you know... Dated. Very. They're and, not black. I and think they're great. They're cheap even for the time. Like, I mean,
3: I think they're fucking great. But, I don't care. I, but I like cheap. I like cheesy shit, so, you know, I think it looks cool.
1: <laughs> the High Abbot gives Renolf a coin, and he tells him that there's only one man who can help them. Hawk. <laughs> And uh, a long, rollicking montage of some of that awesome medieval jazz flute, (laughs) or what you call the disco funk? That
3: medieval funky disco jazz flute, boy. It's getting funky. Play that medieval
1: music. While Hawk meanders through the woods on horseback. I mean, slowly, just walking along. You see like a dirty...
3: snakes. That was like
1: a snake hanging on. The oh range. yeah,
2: a snake that's like falling off the fucking branch the whole time. That was yeah. my
1: next. That was what I had next. Is that you go through like this ugly marsh, whatever, and then there's all of a sudden just this big snake that's barely hanging on for. He's like, uh. It's
2: like a big ass oversized snake on a damn limb. Like, oh, let's just place this here. He's like,
1: I don't care if I fall in the water. <laughs> he's like slowly falling yeah. into the water. It was that's, fucking That's depressing. when he's
3: going through ha <laughs> <laughs>
1: how <laughs> oh, come to saw now yeah
3: oh he's just making a little pass he's making a
1: pass through you the party a, so. pa- a little pass you know you got time yeah you
3: got time sha <laughs> <laughs> so you got
1: time make a little pass i'm gonna put some coffee on come by. <laughs> <laughs> it's the nightclub <laughs> hey i got you got some rice
3: that's good i got some rice
1: oh man mine's in the pot is three days old though Hawk comes across a woman accused of witchcraft who's about to be burned by two witch hunters and he stops them by saying stop that (laughs) he easily deflects an arrow with the mind sword and the archer turns tail and runs but the more gruff of the two decides to fight Hawk One on one. Oh, yeah. After a lot of close ups on their eyes, (laughs) the two men begin a sword fight that ends after Hulk slays the witch hunter. He,
3: is, this, is this the one where he throws his fucking sword through him? No, 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 no. Okay. That's the not <laughs> All right, because <laughs> that one's the. Best.
1: <laughs> <laughs> it is the best. That's that might be the best kill in the movie. I think it is. <laughs> he, he gave the guy two chances too. Oh yeah, dude. Yeah. At first, before the archer shot the fucking arrow and he deflected it with the sword, he was like, "Y'all get out, get out of here peacefully." And right. they and they didn't. And then and then when they were gonna him and the one guy was gonna fight, he fucking. That he like he holds oh, like, his sword up like to defeats his neck, him, right? He yeah.
3: defeats him without hurting him, and he's like, you know,
1: trying to be please leave, li- cool. please leave now, right? You are you are vanquished. <laughs> <laughs> Stop trying to over- overact, fucking Jack Palance, man. Um, so he frees the witch, and she decides to help him. They go back to her witch's hut, and she gazes into a fire. It shows her dead eyes many things. She says a man with one hand is trying to find Hawk. He carries a token. She also warns him of a man who wears the mask of death, for he is evil and filled with hate. Hawk knows this is Voltan. The witch says the man seeking him is named Ranalf, and that they will meet again. Shortly after the witch's revelations, Hawk saves Ranalf from two men who were posing as travelers. Well, three. Ranulf got the the better of one of them he shot that motherfucker instantly but the other two get him and then they're using him as target practice for their axe throwing
3: those guys are real dicks
1: they make it into like a contest like Mm -hmm. silver up for grabs So my wife wasn't feeling too good and uh, she had to go to bed, go betty by So that's why you just had that that interlude. I hope it was nice. So Hawk saves Renolf from the two men, that's who we were talking about, that were posing as travelers, and they're using Renolf as target practice with their axes. But that's when Hawk shows up yet again, commanding the commanding voice saying
3: Stop that
1: Now let him go.
3: Some
1: yeah. shit. <laughs> After another insane tribute to the good and the bad and the ugly right. with close ups on everyone's eyes, Hawk slays both men. This is the the kill we were just talking about. Right. Um, throwing his entire sword through one of them at the and at the very next second he catches the other's axe that was thrown at him and instantly throws it the fuck back, hitting the other guy in the chest. Yep. Hawk slays. Hawk slaves for sure. He just fucking owns, dude. It don't matter. It don't matter. Voltan and his crew bully some random medieval stooge (laughs) for information. I don't even know what this guy is supposed to be. I guess he just cooks for people. Right. Uh, Because there's two peasants who are eating nearby outside, and Voltan's men snarl orders at them to cease eating, and they shouldn't sit on their greasy backsides in the presence (laughs) of (laughs) Voltan. These guys get fucking pissed off and they get into a spat because these men, they don't take shit from anybody but their boss, the Hunchback, who right. is a uh, a slave trader. Right. And they're slavers. So On they're, the
3: River Shale.
1: On the River Shale. So they're shitty ass people. Right. But Voltan assures them that he owns everyone and That's everything.
3: It. He says, I own the table, the chairs, the food, the air you breathe, your own worthless
1: lives and then he snaps one of the guys neck from behind
3: yeah bruh.
1: not by his throat by the back of his neck he snaps his neck with his hand yeah with his bare hand
3: yeah he's 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 awesome animals when you are in the presence of voltan you do not
0: continue to eat nor do you sit on your greasy backsides i rise to no man save the man who paid my wages And
1: who pays your wages this night
0: my master is Sped, the Hunchback We are slavers on the river Shale And we do not take kindly to strangers Trying to teach us good manners What's your master? Oh, no, I like a man with spirit But remember this and remember it well Tan owns everything The table, the chairs, the very food you eat I own everything, including your useless life Remember it well friend has lost his appetite it seems the hunchback will have something to say about this the hunchback may have many things to say but you have already said too much cut the tongue from his head it tires
1: me his guys give chase to the other slaver and you can hear him screaming in the background as they they castrate him right or something they like cut that his tongue out. oh they cut his tongue out
3: the dude says the hunchback will hear this And uh, and then he's like The hell he will He's like I tire of his tongue Cut it out He's said enough
1: (laughs) (laughs) Oh fuck So Renolph and Hawk They talk by a campfire And Hawk begins to reminisce about a woman he was to marry They lay together in a garden Before their wedding When Voltan arrives He's angry that Elian Elian Yeah Elian Alien Alien. I don't know I'm gonna call her Elion. Alien Alien (laughs) (laughs) He's angry that Alien has chosen Hawk to marry (laughs) And says She will be his One day And that Hawk Better watch for him In the night In the night Yes Alien gives Hawk A necklace With a charm For protection That's shaped like a Kind of like Medieval crucifix
3: Right Kind of like a Celtic Medieval crucifix I'd say It's
1: fucking awesome But it's not But it is. Hawk says that, uh, he he tells Renolf, their horses have rested enough and they must travel through the forest of Weir in order to track down some of his old comrades so they can combat the forces of evil. The two travel through a haunted forest and dude, this shit is awesome, man. Oh, yeah. They enter a gate and he tells them that they can only see by the light of the sword, the, the mine sword. Right. So they're 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 walking through this place and there's webs everywhere and screeching and cackling and it's all lit like It's
3: full of it's full of uh very menacing puppets
1: Yes This forest. So you get some horror elements in here, man. Yeah. I mean that with the witch and stuff like that, so you know, pretty cool. The
3: land has changed. Wolves hunt where there were none before. This was once a green forest full of sunlight. Now it's a place of
1: darkness and evil. They travel through this haunted forest and come out the other side where oh, oh and while they're while they're making their way through Hawks Lake, the, the men that we seek are Gort, a giant from the mountains at the edge of the world, Crow, an elfin bowman. From the silver forest.
3: Now blackened and burned.
1: And Baldwin. A dwarf from From the the Iron Iron Hills. hills. Which I'm like. uh." (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. the Dwarf. After they emerge from the haunted forest of Weir. Hawk and Ranulf meet with the blind witch. Who uses her magic to teleport Hawk. Via glowing hula hoops. Yes. All over the goddamn place. To help him find his companions. At this point I'm thinking. She's a pretty powerful witch. No shit, dude. Why don't she just fucking zap Voltan and put it into all this crap? Right, just teleport next
3: to his ass and just cast that death spell on him. <laughs> I mean, she can teleport halfway across the world, so fuck it.
1: Fuck it. Why not, witch?
3: Why don't you have? Why don't you have level ten wizard spells?
1: <laughs> she seems like she. Well, no, the dark wizard would be the yeah the highest.
3: The wizard. Yeah. She'd probably be more have more like druid spells anyway. It's Druid what? related.
1: Druids can teleport?
3: Being a witch. To an extent I imagine. I know they have some spells. I don't think they have straight up teleport like a wizard does, but I know they've got certain spells like where they like walk into a tree and from that tree they can come out of an any other tree within a certain radius. huh. You know, so it's oh, like yeah, that's tele- teleporting. Yeah. But it's it it it's not.
1: <laughs> you know, it's different. Mm-hmm teleporting by way of oak
3: uh, by way of oak in a radius
1: mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> no the first person that hawk is to track down is gort the giant who is fixing a man's wagon wheel in exchange for some money and wine right and he's drinking like the guy's yeah stuff? he's
3: drinking up all the guy's stuff
1: and that that's before he fixes it he fixes it real quick and he's like okay pay me now right and the fucking old guy he calls Pignose doesn't make with the gold so Gort goes ahead and breaks the wagon wheel again.
3: Right now, you owe me nothing.
1: What's he calling? <laughs> Pig nose. Pig nose.
3: Yeah.
1: <laughs> Eight or so men who were camping nearby come and challenge the giant, but are all quickly defeated by the large man's mighty war hammer. Oh,
3: yeah, he says. He says you made a mess. You should clean it up. And Gort's like, I'd sooner eat cow dung. That and can I, be arranged. I love that. Yeah, I love his response. He's like. That can be arranged. <laughs> and you can
1: wash it down with your own blood. <laughs> yeah, There's some metal-ass lines in this movie, yeah, dude. Bro.
0: <laughs> now be a good fellow and clear up the mess you made. I'd sooner eat cow dung. Well, that can be arranged. And you can wash it down with your own blood, if need be. So be it.
1: Next is Crow, the elf, who is sitting on a log in a forest and a blacksmith hands him some new arrowheads. Meanwhile, two con artists are watching this scene and decide to rob the elf.
3: I love Fitzwalter, one of the con artists. Mm -hmm. Fitzwalter, he's dope.
1: Is the dude that talks a lot? Yeah, he's the
3: talker. I like his character a lot.
1: They lead the blacksmith astray with the promise of gold and challenge Crow to a contest in archery, seeing as he is a bowman. So the guy that doesn't talk a lot is the archer. Right. Fitzwalter is the, the talker. To whom do
0: I have the pleasure of addressing myself?
1: crow a red and yellow string two uh, well a red and a yellow string are tied around a nearby tree and they are told you know whoever can shoot the string the cleanest that's the winner right and hawk arrives just as crow wins the contest the con artist archer isn't happy about this and challenges crow to a duel via arrows
3: mm-hmm. or
1: archery so the stakes just got fucking raised son Crow speed easily wins And the man is killed Saying I never even saw it Yeah dude that fucking shit's sticking out of it You know it's in his heart Right And and he says that he's got the fucking like he,
3: And right here Fitz Walters Like you son of a bitch I told you You never listened to me I like, knew your mouth would be the death of us I knew it I knew it
0: I knew your tongue would be the death of you god's blood i don't mind that take a gizzard out and throttle you yeah.
1: but they
3: let fizz walter live and i like that because i like fizz walter yeah
1: he's, he's a, a cool guy he's gonna be in the sequel that's never gonna get filmed he's a
3: fun character he's gonna be an npc in the game you know are totally gonna meet fizz walter somewhere they don't even know about this <laughs> they don't know but it don't matter they okay. don't need to know it's
1: too cosmic finally is baldwin the dwarf who is currently tied to a raft on a river while men in white robes shoot flaming arrows at him.
3: Those fucking druids, dude, they, they, <coughs> okay, the, they're the most apathetic druids in the world. They seem like they don't really care about what they're doing, and to top it off, he's just on the, on the raft, and all these motherfuckers are gonna miss when yeah. they're shooting the flaming arrows. Yeah, they, keep, they keep fucking
1: missing. Dude, can, you imagine, there.
3: can you imagine the anxiety like, like of being the dwarf? Like, oh, fuck, oh, fuck.
1: Yeah, well, I, I feel like he would have got out eventually. Yeah. He was just kind of coming to his senses after getting fucked up. With, like, drunk fucked up. Because apparently that's what led him there. None of these men are as good as Crow, however. <laughs> and Hulk appears. <laughs> <laughs> Calling on Baldwin. Oh, yeah. Not Baldwin. Baldwin.
3: Balden. And Balden has to go through the water, and he's not happy about it.
1: But he eats fit. The dwarf escapes the raft, and he washes ashore, cracks his whip, and catches a fish fresh from the river, and then eats it whole.
3: And I have it in my notes. I love his fucking smile before he eats it, because he holds it up, and then he looks at them and goes, <laughs> 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 like he knows it's going to freak them out, and he's happy about it. When it when he's like when Baldwin comes out and he's whipping them and shit, yeah. the leader, Druids, like, come, brethren, run.
1: <laughs> That's why they're apathetic. Yeah, just the way they talk and act. They just don't like they're halfway into this. Like they're, they're not really their whole heart ain't in fucking really doing in any of it. No. Right,
3: like that. Like I don't know, dude. Hulk I just calls don't one of them.
1: He calls one of them a priest, so it's like there's apparently a lot of different religions and and races in this world, but yeah. It doesn't really get explored.
3: Right, right. It's a writing technique to have a bunch of unexplained stuff. You know, it just, in world building, oh, it, yeah, you... it makes the world seem much bigger having this mystery yeah, and stuff. Yeah. When, when in reality, it's.
1: You don't have to be talking about everything. It's a couple
3: of. When in reality, reality me it's. me
1: everybody's fucking second cousin is.
3: Right. I give it, a fuck and in reality, it. it's just a couple of du- awkward dudes in the woods with bows and arrows who. Aren't really feeling it,
1: you know. Um, <laughs> Back in the witch's lair, Hawk explains the circumstances to his old friends, and they all pledge their lives to Hawk in his quest to save the nun and defeat Voltan.
3: And my axe!
1: Uh, yeah, <laughs> this, is, this is his fellowship coming together, man. Yep. The witch tells them of slave traders who take the river shale and buy people from the hunchback. They could use his gold from slavery to pay for this nun's safe return. So it'd be like an ironic way of yeah. paying. Hawk says he doubts Voltan's word. Because he's like, nah, I've got history with this Voltan's guy.
3: Voltan's a scumbag, in case y'all don't know.
1: He's my bruh. And he killed my wife. And, oh, that's coming up. Killed my paw. And killed my paw, too. So, I stole his wife. And I gonna kill his son coming up.
3: And I stole his Magna Lake pot.
1: Dude, that's expensive, Sean. Oh. The five men arrive at the convent, and the sisterhood serve them food and drink. And this part's awesome, because you get you get the chemistry between Baldwin, Baldwin and, and Gort. Gort. Yeah. He's like, he's got a, a chicken served up to, to Gort. Well, a whole tray of food, and he's like, this will do for me. Now bring my friend some food. Right, right. It was meant to be for all of Thank them. Thank you, little
3: sister. This will sufi- This is sufficient for myself. Some food for my friends, please. <laughs> yeah. Like, dude, really?
1: <laughs> well, the dwarf is like, you know, eyeballing him all crazy, and he's like, "What?" He's like, "Oh, nothing. It probably won't hurt you." Right, right. And he's like, Whoa, "What are you? What are you talking about?"
0: What is it? Nothing. Enjoy the food. It probably won't affect you in any case. Do you know something, dwarf, that I don't? Out with it. Not really important. The food will taste just the same to you. Believe me. Little brother, you're trying my patience. Unless you want to end up even shorter, your tongue had better speak quickly. Why do you say it will taste the same? Very well, then. Long shanks. So be it. We are in a monastery. Surely that's clear even to you. Well? Well, all I'm saying is that might be holy food. Damn it, little brother, what does that mean, holy food? Holy food has a flavor that some find not to their liking. Is this holy food? How should I know? You'll find out soon enough when you finish it. No. You find out. You're the expert. I don't want to. Either. Oh, but why not? What are companions for if not to help one another? Well? <coughs> well? can't be sure little brother if i thought for one moment that what you told me was a lie sister of the faith tell my ox-like friend here would you describe this food as being holy all food is holy it comes from god
1: so he eventually comes out with it like well that's that's holy food man and that's probably gonna fuck you up right and he's like you try it or whatever
3: right right you he, need to know if you need to be able to tell me
1: yeah yeah. So he's getting away with eating, like, have this chicken, and uh, the, the one of the nuns comes up and he's like, Sister, is this holy food? And she's like, is not all food holy?
3: It all comes from God.
1: And the the giant's like, motherfucker. <laughs> 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 so good.
3: Yeah, it's very Gimli and Legolas between them two.
1: Yeah, exactly. You, know, you switch out the elf for a giant. giant. Yeah.
3: <laughs> Which makes sense in D from a D and D standpoint. Yeah, it's And a historic position. standpoint as well. Because uh dwarves and giants historically don't like each other. They beef. Yeah, they beef him. Because giants think they own everything.
1: Hawk tells them all of Voltan's treachery and you get the flashback here of his wife Alien <laughs> <laughs> who was killed by the Dark One years ago. But not before she burned his face and helped Hawk escape. Yep. The men decide to rob the hunchback and the slave traders at this point. Yes, they do. So, while selling his humanly wares, the gross, fat, nasty hunchback oh, is confronted by all... Fat, nasty boy. <laughs> I mean, he is. That's big, nasty. It's okay It's okay if you're fat, but if you're fat and you're nasty, you're probably a hunchback.
3: No, that's big, nasty. Because they, they left Potassa. And now they in Mamu.
1: They in Moxim, boy. They
3: in Moxim subdivision.
1: That motherfucker says, Welcome. (laughs) (laughs) Welcome, friends.
3: Bro, he does, because he's got, like, fucking tobacco juice spitting out of his mouth
1: when it first shows him. He's just got, like, liquids and semi-solid foods spraying out of his mouth constantly. (laughs) It's fucked up, man. (laughs) It's so gross. He's the best.
0: Welcome. Welcome, friends. Welcome. Good to see you. I have many fine threads for you to buy today. So lovely and clean for you. Fine. Look at that. Doctor,
1: eh? And uh, he, he's confronted here by Hawk who demands the vile man's gold.
3: Right. He's like, I need your help. And he's like, with what? And he said, I hear you have 2000 gold pieces in that boat. I need your help to unload it for me.
1: Does he say specifically two thousand? Yeah, he does. That's a fuck up. And the god and
3: damn. the and the slave slaver guys like you jest.
1: Yeah, sure. And he's like, right. like laughing. It's like, no, I don't. Right. The <laughs> so fucking crow and Renalv take out so many of the Hunchbacks, dude. Men. Without
3: them, too, they're kind of fucked because them two just full auto rip all the time, dude. They they. They might as well have well, this, AKs.
1: This is a taste of what they do because they, they they yeah, they fuck shit up in a in a little bit.
0: Will no one read near this madman? Cut him down!
3: Uh, they they got bump stocks on their fucking uh, bow and arrows and that's illegal now, thanks Trump.
1: The editing the editing in, in these scenes is is really the culprit here. You have to see it to understand what's going on. Yeah. Um It's basically the same shot, just repeated without any sort of it's just cut 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 there's no cutaway, there's nothing. It's just the same shot over and over and over again. Um <laughs> And it's
3: the best. And it, if you don't like it, you.
1: It is it is the best in what in like kind of what it is. <laughs> <laughs> they take out a lot of these guys and they decide to free the slaves that are up for sale.
3: And they give them some money too. So I'm like that's cool. They gave him like a bag of gold like go do your thing.
1: Gort hoists a heavy club up over the branch and he forces the hunchback to bite down on the rope that's holding the club directly above his head. He comes to this conclusion. Yes. With one of the best. Cut- this is a good cutaway. This
3: is my favorite scene in the movie.
1: Or not cutaway. This is a good transition scene.
3: Yeah, because he's he's like he's like you you never shut up, do you? This gives me an idea. And then from a shot below, because the because the slave driver guy is on the ground. Yeah. You see a shot from below. Zoom in on Gort's face. <laughs> from below as he's guffawing. Yeah. And then it slowly blurs the closer it gets to him. <laughs> and it's it's literally, like, I I cannot see this shot without bursting out of laughter. It's my favorite scene of the
1: whole
0: it's
3: goddamn It's so over movie. the top, man. It's the best.
0: Damn you, eater of dung! I'll make you pay double for this. You still haven't learned the lesson of humility yet, have you, worm? Give me my club and I'll crack your head. Like the putrid agony. Since you set such store by this club of yours, you've given me an idea.
1: <laughs> so he's got this dude, you know, between a club and a hard place. <laughs> and as they're leaving with the hunchback's treasure, it's a literal treasure chest right. like out of a fucking cartoon of full of gold and treasure. Gort's like thanking him for the bounty and this causes the guy to scream, "Go to hell or something like that.
3: And, and then the the club falls and crushes his head. It destroys his fucking face. And right? Gort, And Gort just coyly says, "Some people never learn when to shut up. <laughs>
1: <laughs> the next scene, Drogo is in his father's tent because <laughs> they're like they've got an encampment, and he's telling him that he wants to send fear into the hearts of his enemies. And asks for his own men to charge into battle with. Voltan puts the fear of God or the devil in his son, bending him over almost backwards and telling him, just one more little inch, Inch, and I'd fucking break you in half or whatever. Is this not exciting? (laughs) Doesn't this send your heart blood rushing through your veins? (laughs) He's like going crazy. If I
0: were to press one more inch, Backbone would snap like rotten wood. Is this not exciting? Is not the fine choice between living and dying more than enough to make your hot blood race through your veins? <clears throat> and we will talk of this no more. My face bathes me.
1: His son nearly draws a dagger on him behind his back, but mm. is dissuaded when the Dark One says, That if he pulls that blade, he's a dead man. Right, one more inch. My son or not.
3: Yep. He tells him, pull that dagger one more inch and you're a dead man.
1: Drogo, who just wanted to prove himself, learns of Hawk and his friends taking the hunchback's gold from one of the spared slavers. Who he kills right away after learning this information.
3: Right, like a real dick.
1: It's... Him and his dad like to instantly kill people. They're
3: dicks, bro. Whether they're chaotic they get their evil. Way,
1: whether they get their way or they don't, they like to they're, fucking just instantly step.
3: Exactly. They are chaotic evil. They they want to appear as lawful evil. They're totally not. They're, they're fucking psychopaths, bro. There's, oh. there's, they are ruled by their impulses.
1: Complete, completely. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, and, their, and their quest for power, because that's what they both want. And speaking of power, Voltan meets with the wizard again for another of his, like, little crystal... And
3: this time the crystal color is different, and the effect is different as well. It's like more of a greenish green and less of a bluish green.
1: Yeah, I I didn't notice that, but...
3: And it's like little lines that zap, like pew, 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 pew,
1: pew." He gets his crystal therapy. Like little
3: Space Invader lines, pew, pew.
1: pew." (laughs) (laughs) He gets his crystal therapy that relieves the pain in his face... But only temporarily. And he swears that Hawk will meet his end. So he's he's going to his Dark Lord. Hold world. up,
3: hold up, hold up. Okay. Yeah, when Drago kills the guy he gets the information from, he's talking to himself after, and he's like, then the world will see that Drago is the
1: Lord, Lord of the dance. dance. And I'm like, <laughs> when did this become the fucking... <laughs> when was it a thing? What?
3: When was it ever a thing? He's what? the lord of the dance, though. He is, because it's in my notes. That's crazy. Drago is the lord of the dance, bro.
1: Drago, the lord of the dance. Yeah, bro. That's God, literally God. what the
3: note says.
1: <laughs> Back at the convent, the sisters are now certain Voltan will keep his word since they have the gold, though Hawk again openly doubts this. Gort also tries to get some of Balden's snacks, that they look <laughs> like little sushi rolls to me. They do, yeah. But he tricks the giant yet again, saying that these are a special treat that only dwarves seem to like. Right. And he's like, "Well, why, why can't you offer something to your companions, huh?" Right. That you know, Gort's kind of. Are like, you
3: insinuating that your people have better taste than mine?
1: He's butthurt, hurt, man. Oh yeah. And so Gort,
3: Gort's a simple dude, bro. He really just cares about food and booze. And then Baldin's like, "No, it's just that you know." these things uh most people don't like uh whatever these are oh yeah he, calls, or he calls them turkles or he calls them turkles turkles yeah. yeah he's
1: like most people don't like these things that we call turkles i believe and as 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 gorts eating it he's like i believe you call it lizard's eyeballs yeah and he fucking dramatically spits it out everywhere and runs right. away and and <laughs> he's so proud of himself he's like He tells Renolf, don't worry, because if I'd have told him what this really was, the whole bag would be empty now.
3: Right. He's like, they're actually just nuts, but, you know.
1: (laughs) Fuck that guy. Well, that night, Drogo and his henchmen come to the convent to claim the gold, but are completely and utterly defeated by all Kenneth's (laughs) friends, Like it's not even, it's right. not even hard man It's not even
3: a contest It's like they have a cheat code enabled or some shit
1: This is, a, a, again, this is them with just a few enemies They're
3: just playing easy mode the whole way through The just, very easy
1: mode <laughs> What is it, the rapid rapid fire fucking oh, arrow dude, blast just
3: fucking full auto ripping arrows all over the place Even the fucking dwarf was killing them bro He was just whipping their asses with his little whip Just <laughs> fucking getting them bro
1: <laughs> Drogo is returned to his father the next day in the throes of death and tells him that Hawk is helping the nuns before dying. Voltan is, I guess, a little distraught because that's when he's like,
3: Oh, yeah. Drogo!
1: <laughs> Hawk. Hawk. Where?
3: He helps the nuns. The gold is in the church. I tried
1: Drogo <laughs> Palins gave up He gets that paycheck no matter what So he, he, he forces the two men That brought Drogo back to fight yeah. And he kills them both
3: And he just kills them
1: Because he don't care Then at this point he makes way for the hero's Sanctuary and when he arrives, he speaks to one of the sisters. I guess this is sister... What's her name? Monica?
3: Monica, yeah.
1: It's a weird name to have in this movie. You got fucking Gort and Hawk and Voltan and Monica.
3: Why are so many good guys named after birds?
1: I don't even know. Who you mean?
3: Hawk and Crow?
1: Oh, I don't know. I guess they just they weren't being original. Yeah. Um, when it came to the names, he tells this bitch, he's like... My sons,
3: I shall name them Voltan." And Hawk.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Voltan makes me think of fucking. um, Voltron? (laughs) Yeah, yeah. That's what it makes me think of.
3: Or Zoltan from uh, G.I. Joe and X Men.
1: I never watched G.I. Joe, so I don't know. Yeah. So he talks to this bitch and he's like, look, I'm going to come back tomorrow and I want Hawk and the gold. Or I'm going to kill the Abbess. Right. Yeah, he says he's going to gut her and he's going to, like, fucking destroy the convent. So, right. the nuns blame Hawk for this turn of events.
3: It, is, the, that, is that when he says he'll <laughs> remove this convent from the land?
1: Yes, that yeah, is that line.
3: I love that line. <laughs> <laughs> um,
1: leaving the hero to remember <laughs> Alien dying in his hands. It's That's not his wife's name, man. God damn it. Elyon, I believe, is her name, but yeah. the, the men devise a plan to bring the blind witch to the convent and use her magic in teleporting the men to Voltan's camp. So there's a lot of running around. Crow goes and finds the witch, brings her back, and then they just transport. And this is when they wage all out fucking war. Yeah. And dude, again, there's more chaos this time because there's more men, there's more fog, there's more arrows, there's more action going on. Right. But it still is fucking cake. Right. Cake. They easily defeat every fucking body. And Hawk makes his way into Voltan's fucking tent. And he finds the nun locked in a cage with Voltan by her side, his dagger against her neck. They retreat back to the convent and decide to go on the defensive. But one of the sisters meets with Voltan and says that she would deliver Hawk and the gold if he lets them all live. It's like, so she turned her back on the guy that fucking, you know out there, risking his neck, risking his life. Yeah, You know what I'm saying? Not really, because they just fucking destroy everyone so easily, but whatever. That night, as a storm rages outside, Hawken and his friends secure the convent, and Gort shares his bread with Balden. And they're awaiting the coming onslaught of Valtan and his men. Gort gets tricked right here, though. Oh, yeah. That backstabbing nun, she gives him a pint of beer, he thanks her for it, he drinks it.
3: She roofied it.
1: And he just fucking passes right the fuck out.
3: And he hands her the cup on his way down. <laughs> I love it.
1: It's so three stooges. <laughs> All the heroes were drugged by this nun, so she got everybody.
3: It took me a minute to realise that because, you know, anytime anybody approached, Crow heard him. So I'm like, how does Crow hear one dude on horseback but not a whole army of motherfuckers?
1: He you was you know, suddenly.
3: He was drunk. He was
1: drunk. Yeah. Yeah. She got him.
3: But at first I was mad. I was like, why?
1: (laughs) Preemptively, like, "Well, fuck that. Elves have good ears. Uh, So this allows Voltan and his men to come in and capture all the heroes, tying them up, and he immediately kills the nun. Yep. Like, damn, dude. Voltan says he will require much wine for the work ahead. He will torture Hawk by killing his friends one by one, and then he will send Hawk himself down a river, river of
0: death. death.
1: <laughs> Balden tricks Voltan into getting kind of close to him because he says he knows where the gold Voltan's looking for is hidden. And he kicks the motherfucker right in his face wound, sending the Dark One running back to his wizard daddy for another crystal therapy session. <laughs> right away. Right away. Right away.
3: Yeah, he, he gets there little, quick.
1: Little bitch.
3: <laughs>
1: While the heroes are being guarded by the Dark One's men... The witch sneaks into the convent. This is <laughs> this is awesome, and she frees the heroes using a dark gun that's full of magic green silly string. Yes, she completely encases one guy in the fucking. Who
3: should be fired? Why? he should definitely be fired. What he did? He just watched the fucking board levitate, like, levitate off the fucking and then the fucking staff poke in like a dark gun and just, he just watching it like mm. he's just watching it like huh. <laughs> yeah, they need to fire that motherfucker, bro.
1: <laughs> so fucking a man, like this. The, we're we're getting into the thick of it now. Like this. This is this is. We're closing in here, folks. I'd say we're into the third act. Yes. Um, Balden, who was stabbed by Voltan for the foot to the face, passes away with all the heroes surrounding him, and they decide to avenge his death. The witch conjures an arctic blast full of fireballs that are really like little plastic, little rubber balls bouncing everywhere with like little lights in them.
0: Yeah, it's,
1: it, <laughs> it bursts through the doors of the convent, blinding all of Voltan's men. And a fight ensues with most of those men being killed. And one of the nuns who was trying to protect Gort, that was the one he called Little Sister, little sister earlier. Yeah. That, that, that part made me sad. Yeah. But this part does look fucking cool. Um, I'm gonna say for the for the kind of anticlimactic finale we're about to have, at right. least at least in regards to a fight, there's a lot of action in this movie that made up for that. Definitely. funny, stupid action, but right. but but, but action still. nonetheless, yeah. yeah. Hawk confronts Voltan where he is waiting in a church as Voltan holds Gort and the nuns prisoner. Hawk asks for them to be set free in exchange for himself. But Voltan is like, you are in no position to bargain.
3: <laughs> and he
1: requests for him to put down his magical sword. And his vestment. And his vestment. That big ass <laughs> stupid buckle. That
3: big crazy buckle he got.
1: Angel hates the buckle. I love it. Hawk obeys as Gort begs him not to. He's like, oh don't.
3: Right, right. <laughs> <laughs> don't undress for him. Don't
1: do it. Don't let him do this to you, Hawk. Right. Don't let him do what he did to me. <laughs> cut. Cut. He's gonna bring you come. <laughs> no,
0: come.
1: He's gonna put it in your bulka. No. <laughs> <laughs> He's gonna vault in your hawker. <laughs> <laughs> god damn! Oh, he's okay. I'm done. Oh man! <laughs> oh shit! Okay, so yeah, and and, and so H- Voltan's doing this, and I love this line. Uh, Voltan tells him, "If you have a god, now is the time to pray to him." Yeah. So Hawk gets on his knees, and
3: and Hawk says. Yes. Did you just assume my god's gender? <laughs> yeah.
1: So, <laughs> Hawk doesn't say that. Right. <laughs> but as Voltan looks on, he recognizes that necklace that Hawk is wearing, and Hawk reveals a hidden blade. He throws it, freeing Gort, before Voltan can even react. Hawk then summons the sword of mind, or the mind sword. The mind
3: sword, I, yeah.
1: I fuck that up sometimes. And so he's got his sword in hand, and Valtan says that the power of the sword is rightfully his, and throws a dagger only for Hawk to deflect that shit. This is easy mode still, man. Right. Valtan becomes enraged, and the brothers begin a duel of swords in slow motion. (laughs) (laughs) And I gotta say, man, watching this fight, Valtan looks like he never stood a chance, bro.
3: No, definitely. Never. Never. Never voltan voltan is like the classic villain that can't stand up to the good guy mm-hmm. so he just has to be devious. yeah you know, like oh, I got this
1: old lady I'll kill you know and that goes back to the convoluted plot I was talking about right Well', uh, well save it for the after yeah. yeah so Hawk defeats his brother he uh, he cuts his stomach open basically. Right. Voltan falls to the ground, and with his last breath, <laughs> Voltan promises to wait for Hawk at the gates of hell. It's fucking awesome. He doesn't it say it like that, though. Well, no, but
3: no, he says it so much better. I shall wait
0: for
1: you at, at the gates of hell. The gates of hell. hell. <laughs> <laughs> It's that same, like, he just holds that last... His fucking
3: delivery is amazing.
1: Either the last part of a word or the last word in a sentence, he just holds on to it. Or when it's the only word, Drago! Yeah. (laughs) With Voltan vanquished, Hulk and Gort travel to the Holy Fortress. Where'd Crow go?
3: I wondered the same thing. Did he die? I I don't think he died. I think they said something about your friend is, uh... Gonna get better or whatever. Oh, okay. so I guess I guess he got
1: hurt. Yeah. Well, they travel to the holy fortress to turn over all of the slaver's gold to the the high abbot, who's really pleased about this and says, oh, yeah. "You know, there's there's I've heard of some some fat men,
3: fat barons in the north with large stores of food and wine that need protecting. It, it seems I am the man for that job." And then the abbot. Gives us the one of the best faces in the movie, of approval. I just love his his smile. Yeah, it's, it's just great.
1: Well, they hear from the witch that uh, wizards are uh, conjuring together or coming together in, in the, the south. south. So Gort and 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 uh, Gort
3: looks at him and says, "When you get that look in your face, oh, who wants to work with fat old
1: barons anyway?" Yeah, man, they're gonna <laughs> go fucking fight wizards. And speaking of wizards. Yup. In the church where Voltan lay dead, the Dark Wizard materializes, and looking upon the corpse of the Dark One, he says that your sleep of death will not last long, taking the body back to some darker realm.
3: Where he can lie dead and dreaming.
0: We have further need of you, Dark One. Your sleep of death will not last long.
1: that was Hawk the slayer that is our first ever uh dive into sword and sorcery on the nightclub and i think this is much akin to (laughs) at least in in well okay the first time i watched this movie i was like okay yeah this is cheesy shitty 80s sword and sorcery this is what i'm in for and i loved it for that right but on rewatches I saw a lot more going on. Start seeing
3: the married.
1: Yeah, the, I started seeing a lot more going on in the cinematography, in some of the performances, and, right, he, right. and and even the ones that are bad and they're bad. Yeah. But they're so bad that they're great. Right. Or or, or the choices are so outlandish. Jack Palance as Voltan is fucking over the top as can be. The dark it Lord up. of
3: Overacting.
1: He is chewing the scenery, dude, in Comes every fucking base. scene that he's in. And, and
3: he was unleashed on that fucking set like Tim Curry.
1: <laughs> Tim Curry's Horcrux just huh? got, gained another soul today. Hal Halbert passed away. Uh-huh. <laughs> I'm gonna take that out. That's dark. Uh, yeah, he was unleashed like Tim Curry. I, I think. I think after watching that, the, I have watched it three times now, or three and a half, because I just kind of watched. Poser. Well, Ricky's seen it five times. Yeah. <laughs> But this is... this. this <laughs>
3: I'm like poser. I've seen it like one and a half more times.
1: <laughs> this movie's the impetus, though, for this what, wanting to blend this sort of stuff into the podcast. And it's to give us just a broader net. Not that we didn't have plenty with horror. We do. I just think this, this these types of movies are going to be fun to talk about. I think we've had fun talking about it. And I hope people have like had fun listening to it. And most of these movies, I'm letting you know right now that we're going to cover for this whenever these episodes happen. You can find them online. Like Hawk the Slayer, again, a third time I'm telling you this, YouTube and 2 b free. You're going to be able to find a lot of these sword and sorcery movies on there.
3: And They're we free. already have one selected for uh, our next one, too.
1: Yeah, we're going to announce that in a minute. But first, ratings. Um, I'm admittedly coming at this with a different sort of way than I would rate a horror movie because I'm not super familiar with Sword and Sorcery. I don't know all the tropes. I don't know necessarily what a great one is versus one like well I know this one is, is more on the campy and cheesy side. It's not it, it's got a cult following but it's not people don't talk about it. Right. Hardly ever. Um, and it's
3: not bad enough to be an 11 out of 10. No. Because it's, no. it's far too competent
1: in what it's good at. <clears throat> I'm gonna go ahead and be generous to this movie since it is the movie that led me to wanting to do this for the show and is leading us down this road.
3: Nine point five.
1: <laughs> no, <laughs> no, no, no. But I'm gonna give Hawk the Slayer from 1980 an eight out of ten. Yeah. For for the sheer entertainment factor.
3: Yeah.
1: Uh, if you're bored watching this movie, then you have no soul. <laughs> That's my review, Ricky. Yeah. What do What do you got? Um
3: I was torn between seven, five, and eight. Actually, I love this movie. Otherwise, I wouldn't have watched it five times. Um, there's a lot of rewatch value for me because I'm always picking up more awkward and silly stuff on each watch. But as I said before, it's it's competent enough in its own merits to it. it it's kind of like it's kind of like a sword and sorcery version of. Madman for me because it's like equal parts goofy and awesome, mm-hmm. and I I fucking love those kind of movies, man. So I'm I'm you know what I'm gonna, I'm feeling it. I'm gonna go ahead and give it an eight.
1: Oh fucking eight! All right, cool. Yeah. We both come in at an eight, and I'm gonna go ahead and guess for Angel since she's not on here to say for herself. Maybe I'll remember to update that later. Ten maybe out of not. ten. She's giving it a ten out of ten masterpiece level. She loves it to death. She yep. tattooed Hawk the Slayer on her butt. Yeah. Nah, I'll cut it in half. She might give it a four. <laughs>
3: <laughs> she wants a tattoo of, of Voltan with his with his helmet that looks kinda like my penis head.
1: <laughs> it looks like Darth Vader's helmet, man. And a bug. It's got like the eye of a fly.
3: Yeah. I mean that's what my penis looks like, so there you go.
1: That's got a fly eye on it.
3: Yeah. No, it just has Jack Palance's face.
1: Just screaming.
3: Just just Sword arm!
1: <laughs> you gotta
3: throw that in there somewhere.
1: It's gonna be in oh, there.
3: dude. Gotta have all this awesome, awkward shit just sprinkled out throughout the episode. Because this movie is just rich with entertainment factor, man. Which is kind of like you, you know, f- fucking... I'm
1: rich with entertainment factors. No, no. Yeah,
3: yeah, you are. But... Like you said, man, this movie is so much fun. It, it definitely deserves an eight.
1: Well, I got some, uh, I've got three articles pulled up here from a website called Biohazard Films.
3: Is one of them about how this movie is actually tied into the Jalo world? No. Okay, well.
1: We'll save that for we'll last. Say,
3: well, we'll talk about that. All right.
1: So, five interesting facts about Voltan is one of them. Nice. <laughs> Number one is that uh, Voltan was nice before suffering PTSD. Apparently, uh, we get a glimpse of Vol- Voltan in his, day- <laughs> in his skull face days. Before his skull face days in a flashback, they call him skull face in the movie. Right. Um, don't know why. You see this, you've see seen his scar at the end. It's just a scar over his eye. Right. It doesn't look crazy. Uh, while fighting along their father's side, Voltan returns from the battlefield and tries to enjoy the wedding festivities. That's when Alien notices that Voltan has changed and considered him a friend at one point. However, the traumas from the bloody battles that he had taken place over the uh, past years or whatever took a toll on his mind and psyche. So, unable to tell the difference between enemy and family, Voltan's heart has turned black like his wardrobe. See, they're being <laughs> they're being clever here, right? Uh, Voltan had a passion for fatherhood.
3: Oh yeah, totally, because he wanted to be a father. Even though he was bitching about having to adopt a kid.
1: Yeah, apparently uh, Drogo is not uh, his own blood. He, he right.
3: He it, yeah. He explains it.
1: Yeah, it's it's like uh, he he took the boy under his wing and, and raised him as a little uh, you know psychopath basically. A
3: wee little baby psycho.
1: Yeah, uh, Voltan has was no fan of slavery. He killed those slavers. Yeah. So he didn't seem to like that. Um, he he was vain. He cared about his image, his yeah, face. He didn't thing. want people to look at him. Right. And uh, he knew when to negotiate. What is this here? It says that uh, in an unexpected move, Voltan retreats into his tent when Hawk and... Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, because as, as proof by the end, he was never in any match right. for his younger brother.
3: Right. We, Especially now that Hawk has the power that was rightfully his.
1: The Being only... the
3: firstborn son, you know.
1: The only reason that Balden even dies Is because That stupid fucking nun Poisons everybody Yep Like Otherwise They never would've had a problem dude No None of them would've died
3: That dumb bitch nun I don't like her either Sister fucking Monica
1: Stupid Monica here Another article they have Is five curious Unanswered stories So Mm -hmm. Yeah From from, uh, Number one What do you think the most Asked question about this movie would be?
3: the fuck are the wizards up
1: to? Number one, who were the wizards? Right. The faceless, robed figure (laughs) that may be one of many who have made a deal with the Dark One. Before gathering in the South at the end of the film, they lived in a mysterious cave, and they offered Voltan a chance at vengeance and a life without eye pain. (laughs) Little is said of what they wanted in return of Voltan's sword arm, (laughs) other than a final victory. And that's in quotes... Unsatisfied with legions of darkness, they steal Voltan's corpse for another chance at mayhem. That's, yeah, that's how the movie ends, so... Whoa. Uh, what happened to the Forest of Weir? Yeah, cause in the movie, when they're, when, when, uh... Renolf and, and Hawker passing through it, Hawk's like, this forest used to be green and brilliant with light and... Right. Sunshine and animals, and now it's just fucking
3: Full of menacing puppets
1: and webs. <laughs> shrieking puppets and ghostly <laughs> otherworldly spider webs and right. spooky trees and it's fucking it's better now i don't know why people right, are right. so worried about it
3: <laughs> now it's the best why do you want a stupid regular vibrant forest it's better now it's the and it's the type of forest that surrounds castle moon skull
1: that you're goddamn right the forest yeah. of weir is, is and by the way
3: folks castle moon skull is haunted but the rooms in the castle and the cells in the dungeon are available for renting. Come and stay with us. Mm-hmm. You're all welcome. Mm-hmm. Be, it's you, we- be you green-skinned, undead, elf, dwarf, drow, dragon.
1: He's still selling this.
3: Cosmic being.
1: We, this is actually where we put up um, You're all welcome, Trevor whenever he came. We put him yeah. up there in the castle Moon Skull. In the dungeon before the dungeon. we remodeled yeah, he, it.
3: He actually wanted a dungeon cell. He was like, give me the one... That doesn't have the toilet. Give me the one that just has the hole in the ground where you squat. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he he's like, that
1: I, w- I want to wipe my ass with straw, please. Yeah, and corn and fucking corn husks.
3: Yeah, <laughs> and he requested that they not be replenished. He wanted the used ones. Yeah, but you know we don't judge pre-used. As as mentioned before, we don't we don't judge. Mm-mm. So all are welcome here. The come thing, on back Trevor
1: the thing about the forest of weir is that it's, it's held to inside this magical doorway there's one that you enter through and one that you exit through right so that's just part of the mystery of the film like why in the fuck is this forest trapped in this magical realm where everything's right. all fucking evil and you can't the see
3: them until they leave the doorway either which right. is a very interesting editing cut <laughs> yeah that you
1: just splice in a frame where no one's there right uh, who Who was Hawken and Voltan's father? We know him as the keeper of the Mind Stone and the great sword, and he spawned an agent of evil that will pollute the land. I'm actually adding that to the article. They didn't write that. He Was he a king, a duke, or just a man who appreciated indoor fog machines and golden statues? <laughs> <laughs> yeah you know, we, we never learn about this, and he apparently was like Voltan and him were off fighting wars.
3: You know you know what he had in that pool, right?
1: The stuff they drink on Ash versus Evil Dead.
3: He had the funk.
1: Oh shit! He that, had Bootsy in that Collins bowl, in there. It was
3: the funk. Yeah. All right. Which is why the music sounds like uh, George Clinton and, and who did you say?
1: Bootsy Collins.
3: Bootsy Collins. Yeah. yeah. That's it.
1: What was the cause of the war? Like, what? What were they going there for? You know? What's going on?
3: No, bro, people fighting. You think they need a reason?
1: It's just never explained, though.
3: No, but they, it doesn't have to be. People and, fight because they're stupid and they don't and, need a reason.
1: And and what happened to the Iron Hills? Whenever, whenever uh, Hawk gets all his guys together, one of the things we we already get from Crow that his race has dwindled to a few, if not just him. Right. And then from Baldwin, he, he says that the Iron Hills are no more. So what happened to him? Too Was much it part industry, of it?
3: probably. Or maybe it's it, normally what happens in dwarves to or, dwarves in fantasy settings. Or
1: is it part of the war that's going on that we don't know about? Right,
3: right. Well, the war might be the cause of the over uh, mining and stuff. You know,
1: there's a lot of different. See, and, and this, that that's what's good about the mystery. You can just
3: you can just put it. You can just pollute your own world out of it. And that's the type of writing that I like, honestly, because you can go as in-depth as you need to.
1: Speaking of fantasy settings, the third and final article is Five Ways Hawk the Slayer is Like Dungeons and Dragons. So, number one, the monetary system. Mm
0: -hmm. The world
1: of D&D runs on gold pieces, and so does Hawk the Slayer, and it's carried around in chests. Like, in advanced rules, the economic system includes smaller denominations with silver pieces and pennies. Because the the two acts. Right. Yeah, copper. The two axe throwers are fucking fighting over... His, uh Silver pieces. Right,
3: oh, okay. Someone says something about pennies at some point.
1: There's random encounters. Uh, oh. One of Dungeons & Dragons' infinite number of mechanics are encounters just for the sake of it. Either to fend boredom or a chance to gain experience points, encounters can come at any time, having nothing directly to do with the campaign. The Slayers characters each have a, you know, like a bad go of it. Every time that they have a random encounter, it seems to be like they're going to fucking lose their life if they if they don't. So that that's part of... Oh, and three, strict adherence to alignment. Yep. <laughs> what makes an imaginary session of d d work is sticking to an understanding that your character doesn't stray too far from their alignment. Good characters don't start plundering villages... Lawful characters keep to order, evil characters stay in character doing evil things. Like a play, everyone plays their part on stage, not confusing anyone with the unexpected changes in personality. Hog the Slayer sticks true to form with its one dimensional cast. No one, and I mean no one, this is the article saying this, has a change of heart. There are no character arcs nor lessons learned each lives breathes or dies by their core beliefs.
3: Yep. The closest thing to an arc would be the fucking uh <laughs> dwarf and the giant learning to officially be friends. I thought stuff. they
1: were always friends. That's just how they fuck with each other. Yeah. Yeah. Cuz he says friend, he calls That's him a, true. and yeah. he calls him little brother and stuff. Right. I think they were already cool. It's just it's like, how like they
3: fuck with each other.
1: Here we go again. He's going to fucking Fucking trick me every step of the way. Right. Because he's a little crafty guy, and I'm a big old doop a I'm a big doofus. Until I fucking figure out how until, to hang a Until I <laughs> think
3: about ways to torture you. <laughs> like, that's all. <laughs> <laughs> he lives for that, bro. That's the only thing he loves more than food and booze. Is figuring out ways to... Is figuring out ways to fuck up some wise
1: guys. <laughs> Number four. This is another way it's like D&D. Side quests. Ja a really good campaign will have both an epic story and tempting quests along the way for Hawk the first half of the adventure is nothing but side quests to put together his team of Avengers or his fellowship so yeah I mean you know they they, they assemble then they go on like their financing mission and then they try to do like a storm the, the enemy camp mission you know and number five last but not least vital NPCs no one wants to play (laughs) <laughs> Dungeons and Dragons is a fun game where you can choose to be a warrior, a priest, a wizard, a thief, just to name a few. Right. Striving for fortune and glory, you go on one adventure after another. Curse anyone who dares stand in your way. Man, they wrote this article kind of fucky. What makes the <laughs> imagery? <in the Drew, laughs> what makes the imaginary world work? Are the necessary interactions with the less prestigious working class citizens. Innkeepers, merchants, blacksmiths. They provide you with meals and craft your armor and weapons. However, no one wants to play an innkeeper or a smith. Hawk the Slayer recognizes their place in the campaign and the universe.
3: I, lo- I would love to play an innkeeper or a blacksmith, so fuck off article. I would make that fun and make it work.
1: I just, I like how, though, this movie. And this was an unknown movie to me. I don't even know how I came across it anymore. I can't remember. Oh, um, this is a shout-out to a podcast, Geek's Guide to the Galaxy. They're a really good podcast if you're into sci-fi and horror and fantasy. It's mostly book reviews, but they do talk about film and television sometimes. It's hosted by David Barr Kirtley. Um, I first found out about Hulk the Slayer listening to an episode of theirs called Bad 80s uh, Fantasy Films. That's how I found out about Hulk the Slayer. And the way they described it had me laughing out loud. So I had to go watch the movie. But I like how this film, though, it's like it, 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 it has within it the potential to be all the things we're talking about. Right. And where we're eventually going to go.
3: <laughs> right, right, right.
1: Which... We're not telling you
3: yet. Yeah, it's very Dungeons and Dragons and as someone who was raised on Dungeons and Dragons, I can't believe I've never heard of it before you told me about it cuz this is totally something that my dad would have watched. He my may- dad loves sword and sorcery and fantasy and
1: You think he ever saw Hawk the Slayer?
3: Maybe. I don't know.
1: He never brought it up to me. Might be one of just those forgotten movies, man. I mean, yeah. It wasn't it wasn't big at it in its day and it wasn't it's not even big now this is a little hidden gem I think everyone should go see it man Um, fuck yeah dude try to find it and
3: it's easy not hard easy any kind of fuck freak can find Hawk the Slayer on Tubi or YouTube
1: (laughs) the thing that we are going to do in the future though has something to do with Kaiju Giallo at least one part of that game And speaking of Giallos, you had a take on this film that we've been hinting at the entire fucking medieval midnight ritual.
3: Not many people realize that this movie is a cosmic Giallo. (laughs) But that's because not many people are smart enough to see what we see. (laughs) They just have puny walnut sized brains like the dumb lizards they come from.
1: And, you know. Well, what are we? What are we coming from? Cavemen. Oh, we're better than them?
3: Yeah, they're just dumb animals.
1: Okay. Yeah. Yeah, well, how's it a Cosmic Jala?
3: Oh, because there's a mystery involved regarding the wizards. Yeah. The the interdimensional beings.
1: He came up with this before I read these articles, too. We talked about this.
3: And, uh, you know, so you've got this mystery, and you've got these awesome black gloves on our... (laughs) On our villain...
1: I, I take umbrage slightly with this part because in most giallos, you don't know who the villain is. I say most, so there you go.
0: Yeah.
1: It can still be a giallo <laughs> if you know who the killer is, but... In no way is this film stylized like an Italian giallo film. No. But... It's a cosmic giallo, guys.
3: It is a cosmic giallo.
1: I don't know what to tell you. It's full of cosmic giallo. Oh. <laughs> so the next film we're going to cover... Is one that Ricky has seen and I have still not yet. It's directed by Terry Gilliam of Monty Python fame. And it's called...
3: Jabberwocky. Jabberwocky. Yeah, if you like Holy Grail or Life of Brian or any of the Monty Python stuff, then you're in for a treat because it's, in my opinion, on par with those. Shit. Not, I mean, you know... Holy Grail and Life of Brian are tens for me, I, I, so it's it's not a ten, but God damn it, it's good. So you know,
1: where can they find Jabberwocky?
3: On Tubi for free.
1: There you go. See, I'm I'm, I'm making promises and I'm keeping them. You can find these movies really easy because I think people don't care about them. I mean, right. and I'm and I'm not saying that to be ugly. I just mean it's not horror is niche enough, but it's still grown to the point to where it's now. I mean, it's. Sundance has movies coming out uh, Pieces of Eight or right, uh, or right. eight, eight for Silver Eight
3: for Silver right
1: uh, this other horror is just blowing up still it, it, it right s- right but this is even more of a niche thing than totally. horror uh, Sword and Sorcery
3: this is for the D&D nerds
1: yeah you know represent we are few we're powerful yeah we don't put up with the bullshit
3: we are few and we are also gialo Cosmic <laughs> we got that marinara space coming at you
1: marinara space
3: no tentacles coming out of your marinara sauce
1: a baguette of <laughs>
3: uh, of horrors
1: well that's french huh yeah, yeah. yeah it is Yeah. oh shit uh, a
3: ragatoni I- ragu- of terror <laughs>
1: <laughs> a raggatoni of existential dread oh a ragoon.
3: A ragoon. <laughs>
1: I don't even know what I'm saying. Oh, man. That's why it's the nightclub, folks. I'm Travis Maxwell Boone, that freaky wizard saying, <laughs> Your sleep of death will not last long, Dark One.
3: I'm Jack Palance, as the dickhead Dark One known as Voltan. And I say, Embrace my sword arm!
1: And stay medieval, bitches. <laughs>
3: Have a pint and stay the night.